girls. Whether you're running errands and burning through your to-do list or sitting with a cup of tea while you listen, we are glad you're hanging with us at Sisterhood Today on the Better Together podcast. This is a space to find community and a place to belong. We're a community of women who want to encourage and empower you for all the things, for wifing, mothering, daughtering, sistering, friending, for just being. We want to help you be the best you that you can be in Him. Welcome back. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Did you guys have a great one? Anyone stay up till midnight? Some people do. Some people don't. Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't. But um, we're wrapping up our Advent series. I really hope your New Year was amazing. And i um, probably ready to move on from Christmas, right? We're probably your trees down. I don't usually take my tree down till February. Shh, don't tell anyone. I enjoy the twinkle lights <laughs> and it's busy. But um, And I enjoy sitting there looking at it a little bit longer than most people. But most of you probably have your tree down. But we want to wrap this up by talking about what happens next. And um, we might be thinking, what happens what? What happens next? We finish the Christmas story. And I know... We finished reading the Christmas story. We finished talking about all the characters in the Christmas story. But we want to wrap it up with just one or two more thoughts. And we're going to start reading in Luke 2, verse 39. It said, When Jesus' parents had fulfilled all the requirements of the law of the Lord, they returned home to Nazareth in Galilee. There the child grew up healthy and strong. He was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was on him. Every year, Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the Passover festival. When Jesus was 12 years old, wait a minute, wait, 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 pause. Put a pin in that one. We went from uh, Jesus being circumcised at eight days old, and then the purification process, which is a little bit after that, to now he's 12 years old. After this, uh, they attended the festival as usual. After the celebration was over, they started home to Nazareth, but Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents didn't miss him at first because they assumed he was among the other travelers. But when he didn't show up that evening, they started looking for him among their other family and friends. When they couldn't find him, they went back to Jerusalem to search for him there. Three days later, they finally discovered him in the temple, sitting among the religious teachers and listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. Son, his mother said to him, why have you done this to us? Your father and I have been frantic searching for you everywhere. But why did you need to search? He asked. Didn't you know that I must be about my father's business? They didn't understand what he meant. Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them, and his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all the people. And then we hop over to Luke chapter 3, to the baptism of Jesus, and it says, One day when the crowds were being baptized, Jesus himself was baptized. As he was praying, the heavens opened, and the Holy Spirit in bodily form descended on him like a dove. And a voice from heaven said, You are my dearly loved son, and you bring me great joy. And so we want to just 
pause here for a second and reevaluate what we just read. In the beginning, Jesus was circumcised and then the purification offerings were given, which he would have been an infant. And then a couple verses later, he's 12 years old. And then a few verses later, he's 30 years old and being baptized. So have you ever heard my kids came home from school one day and they said, Mom, I can count to 100. I can count to 100. One, two, skip a few, 99, 100. And I was like, yeah, okay. But I, I read this and I think one, two, skip a few, 12, skip ahead, 30. Like what, what? How did we get here? What happened? We read the, we read that many years of his life. We read 30 years of his life in a chapter and a half. How did that happen? So what happened next? Wrapping this up, wrapping up this Christmas story. What happened next? Nothing to write home about. Nothing real spectacular. There were no more angelic visits. There were no more dreams, no more shepherds worshiping, no more prophets speaking, Simeon, no more wise men visiting and giving. They were living the dream. So living the dream may start with some spectacular things. God puts a dream in your heart. He confirms it. He speaks it. Sometimes you get a prophetic word about it. You might have a dream about it. And then nothing. Nothing to write home about. Nothing to speak of. Then what you're left with is the mundane work of the dream. It's the mundane work of living the dream. So Zechariah and Elizabeth, they had to raise John. 30 years of just raising John to love the Lord, to hear him, raising him specifically the way the Lord instructed them to raise him in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. For Mary and Joseph, that looked like they raised Jesus. What did living the dream look like? Spectacular things and platforms and no, it looked like potty training. It looked like midnight feedings and changing diapers. Jesus had to learn to eat. The word made flesh had to learn words. That's incredible to me. The one who created trees had to learn what a tree was. He had to learn how to say the word tree in Hebrew, of course. The one who created colors had to learn his colors. So did he remember? Like, was it deja vu? When he read the creation story in the Torah, did he remember being there? Do you think he remembered speaking the word into existence or the world into existence? These are the things I think about when I read the Bible. When he looked at a tree, did he remember speaking trees into existence? Did he remember creation? I don't know. I can't wait to get to heaven and find out. But verse 40 says, And the child grew. He grew in favor with God and with man. He had to grow. He came as a baby. He didn't stay as a baby. He couldn't sacrifice his own life and will as a baby. He had to grow into a man to be able to do that. And there was a process and there were steps to it along the way that were not public. It's clear at 12 years old, he knew who he was. He had a clear understanding of the word. 
because verses 46 and 47 says, He asked them questions and they stood in awe, but they also stood in awe at the answers that he gave. Like, did he ask them questions and then answer them himself? Like, what did that look like? What what were they talking about in the word? I just really want to know. And it's clear that he knew who he was because Mary said, your father and I have been looking for you. And he said, why did you even need to look? I'm sure they looked everywhere that normal 12-year-old boys would have been. On the soccer field, on the football field, with all the other boys for three days, they looked for him and could not find him. No one even thought to look in the house of the Lord. Why did you do this to your father and me? And he's like, I'm about my father's business. He knew who he was. And he wasn't talking about carpentry when he said my father's business. But I love verse 51. It says, he went and obeyed them and was submissive to them. Jesus knew who he was, but he was 12. He was not ready, maturity-wise or timing-wise, to fulfill the calling. So what happened next then? Verse 52. He kept growing. He kept increasing until it was time, until he was ready. And he did that in dark, secret, hidden spaces. So in the next chapter... He's 30 and being baptized. That means verse 52 covered 18 years of his life. Hidden years, unspectacular years, mundane years, years where character was built and strengthened, years that he obeyed the word of God. He heard that voice from heaven saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And people for years have said that proves that we don't have to do anything for God to be pleased with us. Jesus hadn't done anything up to that point. And it's true that Jesus hadn't done any public ministry yet, but he did spend 30 years of his life completely submissive and obedient to the word of God. And this humble, submissive obedience is what pleased the Father. It's not what ministry he did, but his how he lived his life was pleasing to the Father. If God could not have said that, if Jesus had done his own thing for 30 years, not been obedient and submissive to the word, he had to live a fully surrendered life for 30 years. And that's what pleased the Father. That's what happened in those hidden, unspectacular, mundane years where he built his character and his integrity and his habitual lifestyle of walking with God. What happened next? The mundane work of preparing, of growing and learning, of humility and submitting, of obeying in the hidden, in the secret, in the unspectacular behind-the-scenes places. What you do behind the scenes prepares you for if God chooses to put you front and center. He never put Anna front and center. He might not put you front and center, but you're front and center to someone. And it requires character, and humility, and submission, and obedience. And all of those things are built in hidden, secret places. So the problem today is people don't want verse 52. They don't want any preparation time. They don't want growing and learning and humility and submitting and obeying. They don't want hidden, secret, unspectacular, behind-the-scenes lives. They get an inkling of what God wants them to do, and they want to run out tomorrow take the platform, post it on social media, and just do it. 
before their character and endurance and knowledge and wisdom has caught up to their zeal. And that leads to so much pain and heartache and falling, and it can be avoided. Living the dream means work. Living the dream means mundane. Living the dream means hidden, unspectacular, secret, behind-the-scenes things. Paul went away for three years alone, and then he came back and spent seven seven or eight, up to 11 years just serving the church in Antioch. You see it in chapter 13 of the book of Acts. He was listed among the prophets and the teachers. doesn't say which one he was, but he was the bottom of the list. The list started with Barnabas and ended with Saul, and they put him in order of importance. Success isn't spectacular. Arriving isn't a platform. Success is simple obedience, and sometimes obedience takes you away from the spotlight for a season, sometimes a long season. It's okay to take time and just raise your babies. Raise them intentionally to serve the Lord. Don't just raise your babies to serve activities. Don't busy them so much with outside activities that there's no time to teach them what it looks like to walk with God and serve Him and serve His body and serve His house. We can serve hidden in the nursery, on the youth team or on the media booth or in the prayer room. Follow each step and you'll always be right where you need to be, changing your world exactly how he wants you to, which may or may not be how you want to all the time. Raising a baby, sharing your story, giving your resources, obeying the promptings of the Lord, praying, being led by the Spirit, these are all how they changed their world. You don't need a platform. You just need a relationship with God and a relationship with his word. Now let's do it. Let's change our world, just like the ones in the Christmas story did, because he's coming again. They changed their world in relation to the first coming. We're doing it in relation to the second coming. Let's change our world. Let's impact at least one person for the kingdom today by sharing, by giving, by praying, by obeying. Let's live that dream and change our worlds for God, and prepare this world for His second coming. Amen? Amen. I'm so glad you joined us in this Advent Christmas series. I can't wait for next week when we launch into something new. Hey, thanks for hanging out with us today on the Sisterhood Podcast. Remember, we're all about community here. We weren't meant to do this life alone, so connect. Connect with some girlfriends over coffee or call someone to catch up today. Connect with us on social media at sisterhood.river or join us at one of our gatherings or outings. You are not alone. You have a community of women right here praying for you this week. May God saturate your day with His goodness, His joy, and His love. And don't forget, we are better together together.